This is your preparation station, encouraging hosts and empowering topics to equip you along the journey. Preparedness grounded in truth. Now on with the show. for another episode of The Back to Basics Kitchen, sponsored by Miller's Grainhouse. We're so glad you've tuned in. Here, we hope to encourage you with shortcuts, tips, and skills for a healthy whole food lifestyle. We want you to enjoy getting in there, making mistakes, and playing with your food. Now, please welcome our hostess, Donna Miller. Welcome to a new episode of The Back to Basics Kitchen. I'm Donna Miller. I'm really glad that you've joined me again today. First and foremost, I need to apologize. Um, we have been on kind of a little sabbatical, paying attention to some family things that took precedence over recording a show. That does not mean you're not important. You're definitely very vital to our mission and the things that my husband Joseph and I have um, worked together for so long and had in our hearts. So please excuse the slight blip. Um, we just needed to focus on some things for our own family and our own marriage. And, you know, sometimes that is the priority. Sometimes that is all that matters. So I appreciate your patience and we're back and we've got a back to basics kitchen episode here that is focusing on non-electrical yet vital kitchen tools. Um, I'm going to come at this kind of from the aspect that if you have to do without electricity, is your kitchen functioning? How back to basics can we possibly take it? This is pretty far. Most people, most of us have a microwave. Um, we have one that we don't use. Um, it's built into the wall and we pretty much use it as a timer and a clock because it, it doesn't seem to work like we want it to. So we just quit. Not to mention it's really not very healthy for you. Microwaves are one of the worst things that's been known to cause different um, neurological diseases and things like that as far as the radiation of the food, how it alters your DNA. Um, you know, it's one of the things that a lot of people with terminal diseases, their doctors will tell them to quit using their microwave quite so often. So why start? Yeah, we don't. So, um... We're looking at this as how back to basics can we take this kitchen? And there are some vital tools that if you don't know the skills on how to use them, this might be a good time to, you know, pick them up or take a look at them and see if you can use them. Ask your mother, grandmother, grandfather, if he was the chef, um, you know, how to use some of these and what they are. Maybe they even have them. I know that on eBay, they sell a lot of vintage um, wear, but there are some non-vintage, non-antique that are very uh, practical and they're, they don't require electricity. So I'm going to give you 10 of them. These are my top 10 favorites. Um, I'm going to start off with two basically that are not um, in the list because they're actually more of an appliance than they are um, a gadget. So of course a wood stove, if you have one of those, you are totally in the clear. You're, you're good to go. It does not matter if the electricity goes out, you can cook anything. If you've got that skill, it's a lost art. Um, I am hats off to you. That's impressive. I've been working on the one that we have that uh, was my husband's grandfather's and we've been trying to learn how to do it, um, make sure it 
exhausts correctly. He has great affection for the memories he has growing up um, at yeah, spending the night at his grandfather's house and him making biscuits in it. So I am trying diligently to recreate some of those happy memories from his childhood and bring back the biscuits. So working with a, a wood burning stove is quite the uh, learning curve, but it's awesome. If you have the chance to do it, I highly recommend it. Okay, that's one thing, and it's pretty far back to basics. And then another thing, of course, is the more new counterpart that does not use wood, and that's a sun oven. There's a link down below if you're interested in one. I use one all the time, uh, as long as there's sun. Obviously, don't use it on a cloudy day like we have today. But it can be zero or negative degrees outside as long as the sun's shining. I can still cook. It's pretty awesome. Don't have to heat up the house in the summer. Still can cook something outside, and it's it's moist and delicious. I have not burned anything. Matter of fact, you can't burn in a sun oven. So if you're domestically challenged, that's another pretty good option. <laughs> it's like a non. Uh, I mean, you just can't burn the way that that it cooks. It's pretty cool. Um, I teach some classes on that as well. So I, I'm going to leave it at that. Those are two of my. Um, I would call them appliances for the most back to basics kitchen, which would be basically an off-grid kitchen. Whether by choice or by happenstance, you're trying to cook without power. Well, electrical power. Let me let me clarify that. Okay. Before we get too far into it, I'm gonna make sure that I start giving you, you know, these are not in a particular order of preference. They were kind of in the order of how I thought. So if they feel a little random, <laughs> welcome to my brain, that's how I think. Uh, one of the things that we don't see an awful lot of now is a crank beater which, um, gosh, if you're under the age of 40, you may not really have this visual, but it's like a hand electric beater, but with a gear on the side where you turn it around and around in a small circle with the other hand, and it turns the beaters underneath it. Um, I will hopefully have some pictures that will go through during the, the show, but if you happen to be listening on a download, you, you know, you're going to have to use your imagination. Look it up. It's called a crank beater. It will whip into peak form, which you can't quite get with a whisk or a um, fork if you're trying to whip up macaroon tops or meringue or anything like that. Uh, so it's actually an important thing to keep on hand. Another thing is a non-electric can opener. I know so many people that, you know, you eat out of a can, which that's a completely different show. We can talk about that, but have only an electric can opener. The canned goods are great to be used in a, in a non-electric situation. Soups or vegetables can usually be warmed over an open fire or on the top of a grill. But if you can't get into the can, you're kind of dorked, you know? You can't do much about it. So get a non-electric can opener. Yes, they still have them. Um, the next thing that tops my list, well, not exactly in this order, but it's important enough that I wrote it down third, which was a wire colander. Why do I say a wire colander? Not the large plastic kind, but a wire mesh kind, because it can take heat when you're pouring hot things through it. It can actually double as a sieve or a sifter. Um, it can help you powder, like powdered sugar on things. It's a, it's not a unitasker. It's not a a single-use object. It's a multitasker. The larger holes in plastic colanders 
um, lend it to only being a colander. So get a wire colander, a wire sieve basket that's large enough for you to pour, you know, large amounts in, and you will find that you're using it for anything. We've actually boiled the chicken carcass, you know, the body, the leftovers, inside the basket that's inside the broth, and that way I just lift the basket out and all of the little bits and pieces um, left, you know, didn't come out in the broth. So, and it handles the heat. So that's my third thing. <laughs> this one kind of seems like a dumb moment, but a really good set of knives, and I will pair that with a knife sharpener. Um, you know, you may rely on your food processor to cut things up or buying things pre-sliced. You may not always have that as an option, and if you want to get as back to basics as possible, if you want to be frugal, buying things whole and cutting them up yourself usually is the way to go. So a good set of knives, and I'm not talking you have to spend hundreds of dollars, but when you get a pair of knives, take care of them. I'm going to segue here for a second. Many of us have knives that um, we've thrown them in the dishwasher, and I will admit to being a culprit of that as well. And they start to get kind of dull and dingy and the handles fade or or cloud up um, once you've done that there's not much you can do about the aesthetics of it permanently but you can occasionally just put a little bit of olive oil in your hands and rub the, the plastic just for the the time being that it's sitting on the counter at least then it looks a little better but as often as possible remember to sharpen all of your knives maybe once a month uh, pull them all out, give them a good cleaning, and run them through a sharpener and put them back into whatever container you have them in to hold. This will ensure that when you get ready to cook, you don't have to wonder which knife is good. They'll all be good. So this little segue into caring for one of these non-electrical vital items in your back-to-basics kitchen. Um, the <laughs> next item which is actually one of my favorites because, again, it's a multitasker. You can often find these paired together. Um, it's kind of the precursor to the food processor because most of the time you would have to do this by hand, and it is a grater and a mandolin. Often those are in the same thing. We got one for um, probably $3 at a Goodwill that about... I don't know, five, six years ago maybe? And we still use it all the time. It has several different covers that you put over the top and just whip through whatever it is, whether it's grating or julian or um, even one of the grates is um, gives you a zester. And then there's a slicer, so it does great for slicing things for the dehydrator or putting in salads. And it just falls into the little bottom bin. There are some very great fancier ones the the uh, the kind that you you just shoot out obviously it's shot the salad shooter but that's not exactly it um, but you crank it by hand and it shoots out the the slices of the julian fries or the the shredded things um, so basically that is your off-grid or your non-electrical option to slice and produce things quickly without um, a food processor we use it a great deal so it's easier than taking out a big food processor and cleaning it and the blades and all of that kind of great stuff. So it's much easier to use a mandolin and a shredder, uh, a greater shredder um, than, than that. So um, 
I'm going to take a real quick break here because we have some sponsors that need to get a word in edgewise. And then we're going to come back and finish up with the last five things that I find to be almost invaluable to have in the kitchen as a non-electric option. There are a lot of great electric options for these. Um, however, you know, if usually the non-electric is less expensive and obviously it can be used if you were in a power outage. So we'll be right back after we're from our sponsor. Here's how you can save $10 on the mill of your choice. Go to millersgrainhouse.com forward slash store and use the promo code radio at checkout. That's R-A-D-I-O at checkout. Or you can call 828-536-4988 during weekday business hours and get the same savings by phone. Either way, your order is shipped to your door without shipping charges. Remember, you can go to millersgrainhouse.com forward slash store or call 828-536-4988 and use the promo code RADIO. Are you looking to have ducks, geese, chickens? Boy, do we have something to share with you. Stop by ranch-coop.com. These folks build some of the most beautiful handcrafted coops for small areas as well as the farm. They are so easy to put together. It took us less than an hour and they're shipped right to your door. Stop by ranch-coop.com. Wonderful people to deal with. Beautiful coops that you can use for backyard and homestead fowl. Ranch-coop.com. Do you have your free digital subscription to Prepare Magazine yet? If not, then hurry over to preparemag.com and start getting each monthly issue sent directly to your inbox. It's easy. All you have to do is go to preparemag.com, enter your name and email address, and you're subscribed. Consider signing up for the premium membership for past issues and exclusive resources. You can even subscribe to the beautiful print version of Prepare Magazine. Visit preparemag.com and choose the option that's most valuable to you. Prepare Magazine. Encouraging, empowering, and enriching your journey. This is your preparation station. Now on with the show. Welcome back. Thank you for staying tuned to listen to the weird thoughts in my head about what's important in your back to basics kitchen. Uh, a couple other things that I did not mention. They're kind of a standard. Um, I, and again, I call them a little bit more of an appliance than a, than a gadget. And that is cast iron cookware. We did a whole... Um, other show on that. As far as seasoning it, pretty sure we did. If I didn't, I've got it recorded somewhere and I'll pull it out. Sorry. Um, that's a vital thing because it's one of those that it's an heirloom. As time goes by, you'll be able to pass it down to your next generation. People are using uh, third, fourth, fifth generations of cast iron and it's one of the best heat conductors. So cast iron is one of my favorite, um, things to have in the back to basics kitchen. All right, my next set of notes, and this is going to be one of those things, you know what, you may not know what this is. Um, I need to clarify what it is and what it isn't. It's called a food mill, and I have my grandmother's, I want to say it might have been her mother's, and it's shaped like a cone, the majority of them are shaped like a, a, a sieve, or a polka dotted holes, not necessarily like a colander, but small, small holes, more metal or more body than, than open weave. And it's in a, a cone shape. And mine sits up on kind of a holder that holds it well above a ball, a bowl, a large bowl. And there's a wooden stamp 
that has two ends. One is more like a, a rolling pin and kind of round and it fits straight down into the bottom of this pointed <laughs> upside down uh, traffic cone. Realize what it is. It's what it looks like. And it fits down inside it and the top of this wooden piece is rounded so you can kind of roll it all the way around the edges. This is called a food mill. If you don't know what one is, again, I'm going to try to get some pictures and put them in the show page. Uh, look it up. It's a pretty nifty gadget. You can make apple sauces with it. You can squish your your um, grapes to make jam. You can send all kinds of things through it and make them into um, more like a puree rather than having to put it through a blender. Ta-da! No blender. It's no electricity night. Um, you know, a food mill is really very helpful. Again, it doubles kind of as a, a sieve or a colander, and you can run things through to drain, but it does hold a good bit more moisture. And it's designed to force food through small, tiny openings to make it kind of like a baby food. Um, and homemade baby food is one of the best things you can give your child because there are no preservatives, no additives, no extra salt, no extra sugar. So a food mill is a pretty nifty little thing that is something our generation um, this generation and the one previous to this one, which would be mine, has kind of missed out on. Uh, it was used a great deal in a lot of uh, rural homesteads and canning and, and things like that, and people making their own baby food for their children. And our convenience of picking things up at the store kind of made that an obsolete item. I'm just thrilled that I still have my grandmother's because it's it's a unique kitchen feature. But you can still find them out there, so I'd suggest that you look for them. It will become invaluable if you ever need to go long periods of time without electricity, or if you just don't want to drag out the blender, you can actually do this. It's pretty nice. Okay, that's a food mill. We're going to segue at the very end to another option. It sounds similar, but it's not. Um, if you're anything like me, <laughs> you drink coffee in the morning, and heaven knows my husband calls it the uh, holy elixir of life and sometimes holy spirit kind of cracks me up that's what he says uh because i it brings me to coherence i'm not i am a great morning person i love to wake up i was blessed joe and i both love to wake up nice and early and greet the day um i don't have to worry about him sleeping in or him worry about me sleeping in and <laughs> i have to have a glass or a cup of coffee he has to have a glass of tea, so it's not much different. Can't say much. <laughs> and, but it's more for the enjoyment of the flavor and the warmth. Uh, but it does kind of boost me a little bit. So coffee is virtually impossible for some people without a, an electric coffee pot. I'll give you a hint. If you've ever gone camping, they have percolators. My grandparents used a percolator well before an electric coffee pot came around. So a percolator... Um, or a French press, which is also a fantastic thing to make coffee or tea in. Um, those are both non-electric ways to steep or percolate um, the beverages we're used to for the morning, the little caffeine jolt that we might want. So I suggest finding one. They do make an electric percolator, but obviously that's what we're trying to get away from at this point. As back to basics as we can get, find something that does not require electricity. You can put it on top of the grill outside, the propane burner, or on top of a fire, um, or on top of a wood stove if you're blessed to have one of those. So the, um, the, the French press, however, 
you just put the hot water in it and then press the grounds or the tea leaves down and all the goodness stays at the top. So they're pretty nice tools to have on hand. All right, the next thing is an apple peeler. Now, you might be thinking of the small little thing um, out of the drawer that peels potatoes, which, yes, you need that too. But an apple peeler, apple core, is kind of a spiralizing look. Um, it, it, and mine does cut as well. It cuts a spiral on the um, apple so that it pulls out the core and you get a nice spiral cut so it makes it quick and easy to make things for the dehydrator or for an apple pie. Uh, but one of the things really cool with these is you can actually bake a potato after getting it peeled and spiralized on this on this thing. And I've got, a, again, pictures of it there, and I've got a few of them on my website, um, options to choose from. And it makes the best baked potato with a little bit of butter and some different seasonings. And it's just kind of fancy looking. But if you're if you're going to dehydrate or put back or store or freeze in small slices, anything that's cylindrical that requires that you're cutting off the skin first, maybe not cutting off the skin, but you're slicing it uniformly, and then my suggestion is to get an apple peeler. Um, they're they're very very handy. Not to mention they're an awful lot of fun for the kids to make those long ribbons of peels, um, and you know. It's just kind of a fun thing, fun experiment to do. An option that might not really be something you think of very often is a regular analog timer. Many of us are used to punching buttons or having a battery timer and hoping that it'll, you know, the battery won't die or electricity won't go out. I have had that happen, cooking and had something on a timer. The electricity went out, just a power surge for a couple minutes, came back, and I completely, it was a loaf of bread, come to think of it, completely had forgotten that the bread was still in the oven. And probably it wasn't until I started to smell, something smells pretty done, that I realized, oh my gosh, the timer never went off to remind me to take it out. <laughs> so, um... I basically, thankfully, got down to the to the oven in time. But had I had an analog, uh, you know, a crank hand timer, I wouldn't have had that problem because it just ticks away the, the seconds, you know, just as it ought to. Um, so that's a suggestion to to make sure that you have an analog timer as well for your back to basics kitchen. Um, And then one more item before I give you my ultimate favorite, and that is a real thermometer. Whether it's, um, again, analog, not digital. Um, whether it's to be put in meat to make sure your meat is done to its proper temperature, or in um, just candy or water or anything. And yes, there are different ones for each one, but obviously meat thermometer will go in meat and anything else, but a regular um glass thermometer will not go into meat to tell you the temperature of the internal uh, temperature of the meat. So a meat thermometer is pretty valuable because it goes a lot higher. Um, there is a special thermometer for oil because that's got a very high uh, measurement on it that you might not find on others. So a couple different thermometers that don't require batteries is also another good thing to have in your back to basics kitchen. A lot of these things I'm going to Stop for a second here and then tie up with my favorite of all. 
a lot of these things actually replace singular items and use are used for multitasking. Um, you know, if you have a an electric can opener, obviously that's all it does. But most manual can openers also have a bottle opener on the back. Um, they may have a, a garlic press on them as well. A lot of different things because of how it's made. So look for some of those things that replace some of your other things so you don't have double the kitchen clutter. And you might be surprised that you actually like using some of these more basic tools from some of these more, I would say primitive, but um, hey, heck yeah, grab some wooden spoons and wooden bowls while you're at it because those are primitive and back to basics and awesome. Um, nothing like cooking or stirring up dough with a, a wooden spoon. It's great. Or a nice wooden bowl to knead bread in. Awesome. So those are some suggestions that are just kind of like a byproduct of my brain. For the moment. But, you know, you can get rid of a lot of the, the electric things if you'd like and just use the others. doesn't necessarily mean it takes any longer. It just means you have to know the skills and practice and play with them and have fun. All right, my last thing that I'm going to say for the Back to Basics kitchen, and I highly recommend it. I carry it, yes, but I carried it after I recommended it and tried it. Very few things do I ever carry um, in our online store that I haven't tried first before putting it in there. I'd like to know what I'm offering to you guys, and this one is no exception. Uh, the Wonder Mill Junior Deluxe. And the reason I didn't say coffee grinder, yeah, you wondered, didn't you? Because, you know, I have a percolator. What about a grinder? Um, is because this is such a multi-purpose tool, the Wonder Mill Junior Deluxe is, that I don't need to also have a coffee grinder. I don't need to have um, a seed press for um, wet seeds. I don't need to have, you know, all kinds of different things because this the two different heads on it, the stone for dry and the steel for oily or wet, means I can make nut butters with the with the steel burrs. I can grind coffee because it has oil in it. I can grind um, sprouted seeds because they're wet. I can grind uh, corn and make polenta, whether it's dry or wet. Um, there are so many things that can be done with this. And of course, all your dry goods, beans and grains can be used with the stone heads because they're dry so you can you have no end to what you can do with this this machine because it is completely washable there's not a an electric mechanical gear in there to get ruined or clogged so the Wonder Wheel Junior Deluxe is my absolute that one I will tell you yeah that's my top favorite for um, a back to basics kitchen we've used ours multiple times whether Joe cracked seed for the uh, chickens or whether we needed to grind grain um, during a power outage so that we could have pizza that night no matter what it was and yeah and did the pizza on the grill it's awesome um, the Wonder Mill Junior Dogs came in extremely handy so I've got a link down to that below if you're interested in more about it I can't go into super great detail because it's better to see a picture's worth a thousand words with that one but it is one of my favorite go-to's for back to basics kitchen um, if you're trying to do things off grid or if you just want to have that backup and know that you can operate during a power outage we're about to have another winter storm so I'm pretty sure we'll be having another power outage just 
par for the course. And I'll be breaking out plenty of these. As a matter of fact, most of them I use on a fairly regular basis. I hope you'll do a little hunt. You can click some of these links below. Um, I may move this to a blog post so you can check on that too and um, check on the links there. And just see if you can find some of these and practice the skills using them. It's an awful lot of fun. You learn a lot of things about how to create. And it doesn't lock you into the cookie cutter uh, setup like, you know, the electric ones do. You can do a lot of different things, a lot of creative things. If you find out any different things you can do with these, please feel free to email me. Love to hear from you. You can email me at millersgrainhouse at gmail.com. And I'll be happy to, to hear what you have to say. And if I forgot something that you find vital, I'd love to hear that as well. For now, this is Donna Miller. I'm signing off here on the Back to Basics Kitchen. And I hope you enjoy the journey. God bless and have fun playing with your food. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Back to Basics Kitchen, sponsored by Miller's Greenhouse. Tune in next time for more fun with flavors, tried and true tips, and best of all, the permission to play with your food. Tune in again soon. This is your preparation station. Speaking hope, not hype, and facts, not fear. Preparedness grounded in truth.